And we are back with more on Newstalk Saga 960. So very glad you could join us on this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petroni Show. We have Brian Lilly on the line. Haven't had Brian on the show for quite some time, so it's great having Brian back. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning to you. All right, so another election. This one uh, turning out to be more eventful than some people thought it would. Uh, let's uh, let's hear some sounds of what uh, Justin Trudeau's whistle stops uh, sound like these days. We'll invest in made-in-Canada models, create more charging stations, <laughs> and ensure that these vehicles are affordable. All right, so he's got sirens we'll going on in the background. He's got protesters in the background. Uh, even Christia Freeland is hearing it from uh, from protesters out in Cambridge and places like that in Bolton. And uh, so Brian has been writing about it in the pages of the Toronto Sun and Post Media, where he works. Uh, how is this election sh- shaping up for you now? You've covered a number of these. Um, this I, I've been saying from the beginning that this felt more like a change election than uh, one or, or it had the possibility for being a change election more than one of those campaigns where you you walk in and you get the sense that you know at the end it's going to be uh what we expect so and so will win another majority or another minority you can get a sense but you never know with campaigns because you know as i like to point out just with the ones that i've covered in the 2006 election that started with Stephen Harper well back at the Liberals. Paul Martin was going to win a massive majority. Stephen Harper was an also-ran who would never go anywhere. And, of course, he won. 2011, when Harper won his majority, the other big news was that the NDP went from fourth place to official opposition, and nobody expected the NDP to do as well as they did. I had talked to them beforehand, and they laid out their campaign plan to myself and my colleagues Uh, in a dog and pony show before the election, and even they didn't expect to do as well as they did. And then 2015, Justin Trudeau started out as the leader of the third-placed party, and he stayed in that position in the polls for most of the election and then won a majority. So campaigns can trick you sometimes, but if you remember before the the campaign was called— we had polls with a 14-point lead for the Liberals and other polls with a two- to three-point lead for the Liberals. And I looked at that, Mark, and I said, this is kind of fluid. Like, the electorate doesn't know where to go. And yeah. I think it's uh, that's been borne out over the last little while. And now Trudeau's having to deal with something he hasn't had to deal with before, which is the, the level and the intensity of the protests. Although, I'll be honest with you, I think the Liberals are now starting to court that because that's the only good media coverage they've been able to get lately. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, always the sympathy card. And uh, some people suggested that the Prime Minister looked uh, shaken. Let's hear what he had to say in response to some of the questions about the protests. I've never seen this intensity of anger on the campaign trail or in Canada. Not when I was a kid, even with my dad visiting out west, where we did see anger. Certainly not in my past 12 years as a politician where I regularly see protesters. And I think this is something that Canadians, all of us, need to reflect on. Because it's not not who we are. It's not who we want to be as a country. Why do these people insist on telling us who we are? Why does Justin Trudeau think he can tell me who I am? (laughs) 
Um, he's, he's always doing they, they constantly. That's not who we are. Who the hell do you know who we are? He's completely out of touch with Canadians. And if that weren't well, the case, it, then he wouldn't be having to deal with these protests. At one point, he said, I know Canadians. And I thought, what, did you hire one one time? <laughs> I, I, look, it, Mark, I, I've covered a ton of these protests over the years. And yeah, people go too far. I wasn't in Bolton. The descriptions I've heard, did they go too far? Yeah, some people did. Um, but those statements that Justin Trudeau just made are completely false. And I published a piece Monday morning on the Sun website. And I was tweeting about it over the weekend as well, posting things like a video of Knowlton Nash on CBC's The National in 1982. Pierre Trudeau had taken his three sons on a cross-country trip. It's famous for Pierre Trudeau giving the finger to protesters in Salmon Arm, B.C. It, you know, people had shown up everywhere to protest him because unemployment was high, the economy wasn't doing well, people were blaming his policies, and Trudeau greeted protesters by flipping them the bird. There was so much food thrown at that train as it chugged across Canada, in British Columbia, in Calgary, in Sudbury, Ontario, that it was called, it was dubbed the Caesar Salad Express. <laughs> They put a rock through the window of Trudeau's private car. So they, they had a private car set up for Trudeau and his three sons. Justin was on that train, and it pulled into Sudbury, and someone put a rock through the window. Um, yeah, this type of uh, anger and intensity has been, been seen before. Um, you know, I know people are pointing to some poster that an idiot in Cambridge showed up with showing Trudeau's face photoshopped onto the body of someone being led towards a, a hangman's noose. And they're saying, this is unacceptable. This is the conservative party. Well, wait a minute. One, it's not the conservative party. It's a group called the line, which is not affiliated with the conservatives, which protests at Doug Ford's house, the Ontario conservative premier's house pretty much every single day. They hate Ford. They see O'Toole as just a, a liberal light because he won't lift all COVID restrictions. Uh, these are not conservatives. And let me point out that the liberals once published, it wasn't a protester. This was on the official Liberal Party website as part of a contest. They posted a Photoshop fo uh, picture of Lee Harvey Oswald being assassinated. The guy that shot Kennedy, mm -hmm. they had his assassination photo with uh, Stephen Harper's face put on top of Lee Harvey Oswald's body. They posted an assassination photo of the Prime Minister of Canada, and they're going to turn around and lecture others? Uh, Harper had an effigy of him beaten in the 2015 election. He had someone arrested at his first campaign stop in that election for uttering threats. Uh, you know, th it's unfortunate. I, I wish none of the politicians had to deal with this. I mean, the, you know, Ford has had uh, someone show up at his house with a knife. One of the heroes of the uh, the people now dogging Trudeau, one of the heroes was actually arrested in May over allegations that he threatened to kill Doug Ford. So and now the liberals are trying to play this for the sympathy card and and say that only Trudeau can stand up to this radical group of anti-mask, anti-vaxxers that will kill all Canadians if they're not elected. Give me a break. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember the Tories trying to play that card when uh, those attacks were leveled at Harper. 
I don't remember conservatives suggesting that it was the Liberal Party behind those types of uh, vile attacks on Harper. They didn't go down that road, and yet uh, uh, maybe it's a reflection of the level of desperation now in the Liberal ranks that they would actually try to exploit these things. And I mean, well, who? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you it, see it, but it is this desperation, Mark. You're right. You're bang on. I mean, they, they called an election, and they don't know why. <laughs> they called it. I mean, do, do you know why we're having the election now, other than just Trudeau wanted a majority? Yeah, there, um, there is no reason. He, you know, and he's been asked. You know, kudos. Sometimes I get frustrated with the news conferences uh, and the questions asked of him, but he has been asked serious and tough questions most days, including you keep announcing policies that you already had or that could um, you could have just dealt with in Parliament if you hadn't called the election. So why did you call the election? And he, he never has a good answer other than this is the most pivotal election. This is a consequential election. It's a Seinfeldian election about nothing from their part. Now, meanwhile, the NDP and the Conservatives are both presenting policies on a regular basis, and you can agree with them or disagree with them, but they're presenting new ideas, not old ideas or rehashed ideas. Um, you know, the NDP just on uh, Monday coming out with an, an announcement that they'll close the loopholes on people with offshore accounts to hide their money from taxes. And that's not the average person living in a a suburban home in the GTA. Uh, you know, that they're, they're not putting money in uh, banks in Panama or the Bahamas using intricate tax shelters. Those are Justin Trudeau's friends, like his chief fundraiser, Stephen Bronkman, mm -hmm. uh, who's a, a Trudeau advisor and chief fundraiser for the Liberals. Uh, that's who's doing that. That's a policy that a lot of Canadians can say, yeah, I can get behind, or Aaron O'Toole's affordability plan. I mean, we all know affordability is an issue everywhere. We used to just talk about it as being, well, you know, houses are expensive in Toronto. Then it became houses are expensive in Mississauga. Uh, now it's houses are unaffordable in Hamilton and in London and elsewhere. Um, and he's talking about that issue, and Justin Trudeau's trying to make this an election about vote for him or vote for the protesters. And in the midst of all this, we've had uh, the Afghanistan debacle, in which I think he's largely been shielded from, considering uh, that we had intel pointing towards uh, exactly what happened, which is the Taliban, if you want to say, overrunning the, uh, the, the forces of the government, or just uh, that the, those forces would not fight. But it seemed that we were grotesquely unprepared uh, for what happened, and then you add to that other flubs like uh, saying, well, when it comes to issues like inflation and monetary policy, he doesn't tend to think about that, doesn't worry about that. But, you know, if things were going really well, I don't think Canadians would really mind that he said that. But when you're looking at higher prices, like the bread and butter issues, you know, going to the grocery store and knowing you're paying more than you were, you know, two or three weeks earlier, going to the pumps and paying more for fuel. Uh, so yeah. life is getting harder yeah, for a lot of Canadians. Literally bread and butter are yeah. getting more expensive. <laughs> it's true. But it's it just, you know what it does? And I've had this discussion with people, even people who are you know, apologists for Trudeau. And I'm trying to he's he just doesn't seem connected with the reality of the lives of people. And then when I look at these protests and how apparently surprised and shocked he is 
by just how strong these protests have been and boisterous they've been, I see that there's a guy who's an, essentially an elitist, somebody who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, always had whatever he wanted, never had to really work for anything, never had to you know struggle for anything, or you know it was always just handed to him. So when you look at a guy and you put that put him in a position of a prime minister, where he's supposed to be representing the people. You see somebody who's incredibly ill-equipped during a time uh, when when people are facing challenges like now. In 2015, we weren't facing many of these challenges. Things were, things were going relatively well from what I remember. Well, things yeah. are not going particularly well right now. We need a grown-up to lead this country, and we don't have one. The price of gas since Justin Trudeau was elected in 2015 has gone up about 38, 39 percent. The price of food between 25 and 30 percent. The price of an average price of a home has more than doubled. This is real inflation. And when he was asked about monetary policy and what his government would do, the context was that the Bank of Canada's mandate is about to come up for renewal. And there are people uh, advocating that the government of Canada instruct the bank in their new mandate, let inflation run high. Right now, the Bank of Canada has a mandate that says keep inflation with a, within a target range of about 2%. So, yeah, we're going to pay a little bit more, but they're trying to keep inflation down so that we're not seeing the cost of living skyrocket. It has been going up well above 2%, and some people want it to run higher. And so he was asked, you know, about mo the monetary policy, where do you, what do you think you should be doing to deal with inflation? He was specifically asked about inflation, which hurts families' budgets. And his answer was, I don't really think about monetary policy. I think about families. Right. Well, if you're not thinking about monetary policy and inflation, then you're not thinking about families, everyday families, that have to figure out how to pay more for gas in the car, food on the table, heat for their home. Oh, because energy, by the way, has gone up. Um, forgive me if I get the order wrong, but I think electricity is up 40% since he took office. Natural gas, which is the most common home heating fuel in Ontario, is up 45% since he took office. So we've all got to figure out how to deal with these increasing bills. And he says he doesn't think about that. Well, That's not a good answer from a leader who, who should be dealing with the, the most important issue facing Canadians right now, the affordability crisis. Exactly. Aaron O'Toole is actually talking about that. Jagmeet Singh is actually talking about that. Which was my next question. I know you've got to run, but we're looking at another poll now. Main Street Research uh, has the CPC at 38%. The, Tory, or the Liberals rather down at 29 and uh, when you look at the seat count, um, the, the Tories are up to 142, which is 21 more than what they uh, had when the Parliament was dissolved and the Liberals down 20 to 137. Okay, so it's time to start thinking that the words Prime Minister Aaron O'Toole uh, are possible. Uh, any thoughts about what the country might look like uh, with him at the helm? Well, I think we would have an adult back in charge again, which would be good for the country. But I'm going to tell you, take those polls with a grain of salt. Main Street's the only one with the liberals down that low and the conservatives up that high. Um, I, I know from speaking to people on the conservative campaign that their internal polls don't show that same kind of lead. The race is tightened, 
but they're not seeing a big lead in Ontario like Main Street is putting it. And I've had Tories say to me they're worried that some of these polls are being put out there to, to scare NDP voters. Um, you know, I don't know how you do that, but these are the, the, the things they're talking about and saying that they're worried that it will scare NDP voters and, and, and you know, that there's a, a, a narrative that isn't based in reality there. So the Conservatives are doing better. Uh, the numbers I'm looking at are things like the Angus Reid poll last week that said, if you're voting just with your heart or just with your intellect, where would you vote? Jagmeet Singh led with vote with just my heart or my gut. Aaron O'Toole led with just vote with just my intellect. Justin Trudeau didn't lead on anything. So there's a real possibility of a change coming here. Um, Aaron O'Toole would be a uh, a more balanced guy than, than Justin Trudeau is in terms of where he takes the country. He wouldn't be galloping far ahead with spending and pushing every progressive policy he could find. It would be very much having an adult in charge again. All right. And I take your point, by the way, about the uh, about the polls. They do seem pretty optimistic over at Main Street Research. Uh, why they're like that, I don't know. The the uh... Keto's, uh, Keto's a good guy, and his polls have been accurate in the past. Right now, what we have to look and see is, is that the... Uh, the outlier because it's the first in a trend, or is it the outlier because it's wrong? We'll find out in a couple of days. All right, check out Brian's story in the pages of the Toronto Sun. Trudeau claims he's protested worse than other PMs. History says otherwise. And uh, once again, you can find that in the pages of the Toronto Sun. Brian, great to have you on the show again. Come back again soon. All right, talk soon, Mark. Brian Lilly joining us. And we'll be back with more on News Talk Saga 960 and the Mark Petrone Show after this brief commercial break.